Thank you so much for visiting us online today. We believe God wants to speak to you through the following message. If you would like to connect with us or send us your prayer request, visit us at kingsgatehobs.com. So Romans 8, 28 says, and we know that God causes everything. Someone say everything. That means everything. Tragedy, loss, misunderstanding, heartbreak, disappointment, frustration. One guy told uh, me and Eric this morning, he said, man, I was frustrated. <laughs> Two ways you don't say frustrated is frustrated and frustrated. I had a friend who used to go, man, Matt, I was frustrated. I said, man, okay, I understand by contact exactly. So frustrated, frustrated, and frustrated. Man, no matter how frustrated you are, God is going to work this out for you if you love him. We know that God causes everything, 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 all things to work together for the good, for your benefit, for your blessing, for your promotion, for your privilege, for your favor, the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. Man, I could preach five weeks on that one. This is about to get good, though. For God knew his people in advance. Scripture says he knew you when you were in your mother's womb. He's always known who you were and who you were going to be. For God knew his people in advance, and he chose them to become like his son. Hmm. So that his son would be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. Remember Jesus, fresh out of the grave, told Mary Magdalene, he said, go tell my brothers. Go tell my brothers. Go tell my brothers that I'm going to my God and their God. After the resurrection, for those who believe, you are now part of God's family. Folks say, man, I'm an orphan. You are an orphan no longer. Having chosen them, he called them to come to him. This is going to get powerful. So he chose it, just like the disciples, just like the 12 disciples. Having chosen us, he called us to come to him. He said, I chose you, now come be with me. God is very relational. Where do you think you get your gregarious nature that you... You want to have relationships with people. There are introverts and extroverts in here, but everyone in here needs relationships. You're called to have relationships as a human. We do not thrive without them. I read the story of a guy, his name was Admiral Byrd. And in the 30s, I believe it was the mid-30s, might have been 1934, he spent four months alone near the South Pole in 30, 40, 50, 60, 70 degree below weather all by his lonesome, and it almost drove him crazy. He barely made it. He got sick at one point, he hurt his shoulder. He was all alone. And I read his book just to see, man, what did this guy do? Why did he do it? Well, he missed everything that was good, and that included relationships. That was the thing he missed. The most of all, he said, was human touch and human conversation. Because you get tired of talking to yourself after a while, right? Like uh, Tom Hanks in that movie, Talking to Wilson, right? So we were called to come to the Lord and be close to him. Jesus said, I stand at the door and knock. Behold, if anyone answers, hears me, answers, I will come in and have supper with them. I will. That is a, a sign of communion. That is a sign of covenant, a everlasting, eternal agreement. Having chosen them, he called them to come to him. And having called them, so we have chosen, called, says, and having called them, he gave them right standing with himself. Can you imagine this is all God? This had very little to do with you at this point. Now you just have to respond to the call of God. We have a, Scripture says, He loved us while we were yet sinners. So our love is a responsive love. He loved you first. Having chosen us, He called us to come to Him. And having called us, it says them, 
He gave them right standing with himself. So we have chosen, called, gave, what? Right standing with himself. Wow. And having given them right standing, he gave them his glory. Scripture says in, in several places that those who turn people to righteousness will shine bright like the stars of heaven. But Jesus also said in another place, he said, you are the light of the world. You are the light. You said, man, I don't feel like the light today. I'm tired. I'm irritated. I'm, I'm hangry. That's angry and hungry, right, put together? Or angry because I'm hungry. No, you are the light of the world. You are the, you're like a city set upon a hill, man. People can see it from miles away. He said, man, that is a person of God, even when they go through tough times. And people are watching what you, how you respond, right? They do. The worldly relatives, they go, let's see what they do now. There were people, there were believers. I feel like when we lost my mom, folks were slowing down and going, what are they going to do? How will they react? And we said, glory to God, she's healed, she's in heaven. We don't understand everything, but we trust God. No matter what happens, we trust God. Look at this. What shall we say about such wonderful things as this? And man, he chose us and called us and he called us to himself. And those that he called to himself, he made right with himself. And those that he made right with himself, he gave them his glory. Wow. What, are we get, what, what can we even say about such wonderful things as these? If God is for us, who can ever be against us? Based upon all those things, the author here, Apostle Paul, just said, based upon all these things, he called us and chose us and made us right with himself and gave us his Gave us his glory. Man, if God is for me, who can ever be against me? If we serve him and seek him. I've seen people over the years and go, well, I haven't served God in a long time, Pastor, but I'm just trying to see what's God doing right now. And I'm like, well, he's trying to get you back to him for sure. But your decisions right now are creating a mess. You're in the mud. I wouldn't put any of that on God right now. These are your decisions at this point because you haven't served him. His goal is to get you back to him first, right? Those he called, those he, he chose, he called, and he called them to come to him. Okay? Let me read that verse again, the previous, if you don't mind. What should we say about such wonderful things as these? If God is for us, who can ever be against us? Oh, man, he is in your corner. He's in your corner, he's with you, he's for you, and he lives inside of you. Next verse, please, ma'am. Since he did not spare even his own son, but gave him up for us all, won't he also give us everything else? Wow. Scripture says that, one point, Scripture says that Abraham was the heir of the world. He inherited the whole world. You say, man, I don't feel like the owner of the world. Oh, you have no clue, my dear brothers and sisters, because one day when we're in glorified bodies, we're going to help him reign. Scripture says we will reign with him. We will help to manage this planet with him someday. That is wild. Look into that sometime. Since he did not spare even his own son, but gave him up for us all, won't he also give us everything else? Oh, he's promised you so much. Who dares accuse us whom God has chosen for his own? No one. And you know, Scripture says that Satan is the accuser of the brethren. The enemy loves to accuse you, remind you of your past, give you a hard time, try to draw you back into that junk again. Uh -uh. No one can accuse you because by faith you are right with God now. If you really stand on it, you know, you believe, you live that you are right with God. No one, no one can accuse us. They can try, but you, you don't have to let them. You don't have to give in to that. For God himself has given us right standing with himself. He says it again. You've been made with, right with God by an act of God, and that is the sacrifice of the perfect lamb and your belief in him, your absolute faith in him. 
Once you believe, you're right with God. Once you believe in Jesus, he's the way, you're right with God by faith. Man, it's almost so simple that people stumble over it, isn't it? Jesus said, the Lord said, I lay it in Zion, a stumbling block. Here's the crazy thing about him being the chief cornerstone. <laughs> if you fall on him, you will be broken. That, I've always seen that as just falling on your knees. God will break you on himself. But if you wait till he falls on you in judgment, he will crush you to powder. So you might as well serve him. Either way, everyone's going to have to bow down. Scripture says at one point, every, every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord. Even the, the demons, even Satan, they're going to have to. But remember this, God himself has given us right standing with himself. Just fall on him, fall on his mercy. Some of you are going through stuff right now. I have no idea who this is for. Some of you are going through stuff right now. You need to cry out for God's mercy. You hear grace and mercy paired together a lot in Christian circles because it's very scriptural in the New Testament. You know what God's grace is? It is his special ability to do something. My wife and I have said over the years, yeah, you know, I have a grace for this person or I have a grace for doing that. Or you see people, and you go, man, they have a real grace for that. It means a special empowerment by God to do well in that area. You'd be surprised the areas of grace that you have and you haven't explored yet. <laughs> no one, no one can accuse us for God himself has given us right standing with himself. And in giving us right standing with himself, he empowered us by his grace. Powerful. Who then will condemn us? Mm -mm. Once again, the apostle says, no one. For Christ Jesus died for us and was raised to life for us. So he died and he rose again for us. And he is sitting in the place of honor at God's right hand. Pleading for us. Talk about the ultimate lawyer. He tells God the Father, I died for them. My blood covers every situation. They are forgiven. Now we get into something powerful and profound here. You ready? Can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? Anything. Can it, Romans 8.35. Can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? That's kind of a trick question, really. I have a personal belief in this. We're going to go by Scripture, obviously. I will not contradict that. But if you'll notice, as we read through this, there is one thing that is not mentioned. Can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? Does it mean he no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity? No, Jesus predicted that. You're going to have calamity in life. You're going to go through stuff. Scripture also says in other places, many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers them from them all. The righteous falls down many times, but they get back up. You guys remember Rocky? Oh, man, he would take a terrific beating. Those movies. I always loved the thing about Rocky because he, it's, he was this street dude and he was an underdog. He was humble and kind, but man, he would get in the ring and he would work the body on people. Man, he could fight, but man, he could more than anything, he could take a punch. He'd get knocked down and he'd get back up. I remember when he fought the Russian in Rocky IV and the Russian was looking at him. He said, man, he's, he's like a piece of metal. I don't know if he's human. He keeps getting back up. Many, it was like a David and Goliath match. This and Sylvester Stallone's not very tall, so he looked like he was with a giant in there. I, I think Sylvester Stallone's probably 5'7", five, 5'8". Five, I don't know. But that guy in his prime, Dolph Lundgren, that actor that played the Russian, he's 6'5", and a specimen. Looked like he was chiseled out of marble. Looked like a statue. And he's just beating Rocky up. But man, he always, always, always got back up. 
That's your privilege as the righteous. You're going to keep getting back up. You're going to keep getting back up. You're going to keep getting back up. Does it mean he no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity? No, you're going to get back up. You're going to get back up. And it's going to work on your character. This tough season, this tough situation is going to work on your character. Does it mean he no longer loves us? No. How about if we're persecuted? Mm -mm. Or hungry? I don't think any of y'all went hungry this week unless you were fasting. Or destitute? Or in danger? Or threatened with death? Mm. As the scriptures say, for your sake we are killed every day. We are being slaughtered like sheep. Lord, we go through so much. We go through so much because of your name. Oh, man. Not like our Chinese brothers and sisters. Not like the ones in Cambodia. Was it Cambodia with Pol Pot? They killed the educated people. They killed people who believed in Jesus. They killed everybody they could. All because they just believed in Jesus. No, we haven't seen that yet here. No, despite all these things, Let's linger here for a moment. Despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loves us. One translation says, and you've seen it, nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors. What is more than a conqueror? Let's go back to Rocky. We knew the Russian guy had conquered and beaten up a bunch of people, but Rocky was more than a conqueror. He beat up the Russian guy. There's a conqueror, and then there's more than a conqueror. You are, you are beyond because you, you overcome, you overcome, you overcome, and you overcome, and there's a reward in heaven for that. No, despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. Don't you ever forget that. What's the next one there? Oh, this is powerful. He says, I am convinced. One translation says, for I am convinced, or I am persuaded, that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Neither death, nor life, neither angels, nor demons, neither our fears for tomorrow, right? Or sorry, or, sorry, I jumped ahead. Neither our fears for today, nor our worries about tomorrow. Hmm, none of that can separate you from God's love. Not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. Wow, not even the powers of hell. No power in the sky above or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. Nothing can separate you from God's love. Hmm. Nothing. But here's what I notice. Our will is never mentioned in there. We can have debate. You can talk to people. We'll say, no, once you've accepted Jesus, you can never walk away from him. I don't know. But just like grace, and it's God's forgiveness and grace is a free gift, People don't have to accept the gift. They say, well, the great debate is, well, can I accept? And this is something for you to think about. You say, well, can I accept Jesus and go all in and then leave God one day? Well, I believe people can walk away from God. But here's what my grandpa always said. My grandpa always said, well, son, if they left God, they weren't saved anyway. Something to think about. You make up your mind about that. The important thing is that you are saved. Right? You're saved. We can go all day on that. Man, that's been debated for centuries. Since this was written, you know, some of this stuff, it was written, and Christians have debated it for centuries. But I will tell you right now, my humble opinion is this. If you have, you've been saved and you've been serving God, but you never want to go past a certain point, well, that's up to you, and you'll stand, you'll stand before God one day, and He will judge that. He won't judge you for being a sinner, 
But he would judge this part of you that said, hey, why didn't you press in and get closer to me? Why didn't you learn my word? Why didn't you obey me more in these areas? But I just believe that there's two major forces in the universe. God's will and then your will. And I believe they're at war with each other many times. And we've got to line, learn to line up our will with God's will. Okay? So, say, man, could I get saved and walk away from God? Mm, we can debate that. Um, I, believe, I do believe, once again, though, your will comes into play. Just like it came into play when you accepted Jesus. People say, well, the Lord drew us to himself. You're right. Apart from him and the drawing of his Holy Spirit, you can't even get saved. I believe that. But you can decide to walk in God's kingdom forever or not. And that's just my humble opinion. You can study it for yourself. But I do believe there is a problem when someone teaches, yeah, you can be saved, but then you can live like the devil. That is not what this book teaches, not any of this book. That's just, I don't know if you're really saved. I've, I've talked to believers about that, brothers in the faith, sisters in the faith. Say, I don't know if they're really saved the way they act. I don't know. Or did they just get saved and get carnal? Did they get saved and go back to the world? I don't know, but I do know this, that you do not have a license to just be a, just a sinner once you accept Jesus. You're not going to just want to practice sin. You're going to sin sometimes, but you're not going to be a sinner, one who practices sin all the time. You already know. Some of you have come from some tough past, and you've overcome, and there's things you don't do anymore because you're saved. I know. I know a few of the stories in here, but there's stuff you just don't do. And there's stuff you won't do because you're saved. God has written his law upon your heart. I mean, years ago, my dad was talking to a, a preacher. And my dad said, wait, so what if, look at this. And this is a dangerous doctrine. My dad said, so what if you're in the act of adultery? You were with, you're married, but you're being unfaithful. You're in the very act of adultery with another woman. And Jesus called his people home. What would happen? And the guy said, I'd go to heaven. That's a, to me, that is a doctrine of demons. You don't preach that. You don't preach a standard like that. Because people will say, well, then I can live however I want. Mm -mm. Said, scripture said, do we go, the earlier chapters of Romans, do we go on practicing sin because God's grace is so powerful and where, where sin is, God's grace abounds even more. Do we just go on practicing sin? The Apostle Paul said, God forbid. In other words, no way. No. Mm-mm. There's always grace for sin, and God's presence will be there to help us and rescue us and be, will be a light to the world. But when you accept Jesus and you love God, you will be an example. Okay? You always will. All right. So, I believe we just, was that, that was verse uh, 39, right? We finished Romans 8. Um, next week, please join us. Pastor John is going to be hitting us hard with some teaching so my brother jonathan will be here and the following week barry is going to bring the word so it's going to be exciting um we're going to be going to uh, dominican republic we've been blessed with a trip for our anniversary but we've added on to the front of the trip they changed our flights you know they love changing flights now i feel like it's a scam part of the booking process is a scam because within days of booking a flight they change it well because they changed it we were able to finagle with it and mess with it and add a few days more on the front end, front end so we could prepare for a mission trip to the same island in July. We're gonna, no promises yet. Be praying about it, though. I think I'm letting the cat out of the bag too early, but that's okay because I can. All right? So just no promises yet, but we're going to go check it out. We're going to go spy out the land, 
and, and find out if there's places for us all to sleep. And <laughs> so we have some vision for going to Dominican Republic on a mission trip, but we have to find out for sure on this trip. So we're going to do that and then go on our anniversary trip, okay? But you're going to have some good teaching of the Word. It will continue here the next two Wednesdays, all right? I'm only going to miss one Sunday, so don't, don't cry for me, Argentina. Let's pray. Let's bow our heads and pray real quick, okay? You're like, Argentina's not my name. Oh, praise you, Father. You're so good to us. I thank you for tonight with your people. Man, I'd rather be here than anywhere else, Lord God, with your folks, your body. Oh, man, they must be important to you because you died for them. They must be important to you. We must be important to you because you've given us so many chances. We must be important to you because you're always courting us and pulling us into yourself, saying, seek me, serve me, get to know me in my word, pray, talk with me. Oh, man, we must be so important to you. Scripture says we are the apple of your eye. You focused your glory on us. Wow, you chose us and called us and then made us right with you. And then made us right with you and, and gave us your glory. Man, we can now shine. We can have lives that are filled with your light, like a lighthouse and a beacon for people in the stormy, stormy waves of life with no, no idea where to go. They're dizzy. They're lost. They're sick to their stomachs like they're out at the ocean, in the ocean in the middle of a storm. But we get to be lighthouses, and we get to point them to Jesus, the true lighthouse, the, the light of the world. But, Lord, you've shared your glory with us so that we could glorify you. And you will be glorified in our lives. Is there anyone in here who needs to accept Jesus for the first time? If that's you, raise your hand. I'd, I'd be surprised if there was anyone in here, but there may be someone checking out this message later. So pray with me. Just agree with me and repeat this prayer after me. Say, Heavenly Father, I believe your word. Say, I know that apart from you, I'm a sinner, and I have sinned. So I need you, God. Because of my sin, I need a Savior. So I call upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. You're my Savior. You're my Redeemer. You are God in the flesh. Please forgive me, Lord. I call upon you, and I believe that you died and rose again for me. Change my life. Change me. Let me feel your presence. Draw me to your heart and to your word and to your plan. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name. Let me pray a blessing over everyone. Father, I thank you for your people who are so hungry for your word. They love you. They trust you. They believe your word. They love your word. And Lord, I thank you that they are seeking you in your word. People say, I don't know if God's spoken to me. Oh, it's time to read your Bible. He will speak to you every day through the word. He spoke to me today. I know he's alive because he spoke to me today through his word. Thank you, Father, for your people. I'm so grateful for them. We give you all the glory and honor and praise. In Jesus' name, amen.